Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Horton with City Moms Blog Network. And our hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Moms Blog Network. Hey, friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, it sure is, Steph. We like to imagine, friends, that you're listening to this podcast as you are baking cookies or wrapping presents. Or maybe you're in the car running all those crazy holiday errands like everyone else in the city. (laughs) Well, whatever you're doing, we are sure glad you joined us. We have a fun episode for you today. We sure do. We are going to take a walk down memory lane as we have clips from our top five podcast episodes since we started Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood just over a year ago. Yeah, these clips are from our most popular, most downloaded episodes, and it will be fun to briefly chat about the highlights because these friends are the good ones. They absolutely are. And so we're going to just hop right into the first clip that we're sharing. That's from our very first episode, which is super fun. Um, My guest for that episode was Danielle Kleiner from Twin Cities Moms Blog. And she joined us to talk about extending grace to other moms and also yourself uh, and understanding um, judgment and criticism in motherhood. So let's get to that clip. I thought about how often my friends are coming over saying, you know, gosh, I'm so sorry that my kids just look like a hot mess today. I'm so sorry that they're spilling their snacks all over your carpet. And I'm so sorry that they had an accident while they were playing downstairs, you know, things like that. And I thought, you know what? They're apologizing for that, but I don't even see that. Like, I I don't even see these things that they're talking about. And of course, physically, I can see those things, right? But um, I just realized how once I became a mom, I, if, if there's anything that'll teach you about grace, just become a mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, if you, if you want just a slap in the face, like, hey, you need to give grace and you need to be a person that gives people a benefit of the doubt, just, just add a child to your family and suddenly you'll realize how much grace you need. Um, yes. But I realized that Motherhood changed me in the sense of it made me realize that I can't control, I can't control half the things that happen. I can't control my child's behavior. I, some days I, you know, I can't keep my head on straight. Something is always having to give, whether that is my child's appearance has to give because I don't have time to to clean that mess up today. Um, Whether that is myself, like skipping a shower because I'm like, I just, I need a minute to relax. If something's always having to give for me, and if I'm realizing that I can't control it, I need to be able to see that in my friends, in my family, in the people around me. I need to see that something has to give in their life too. And so I need to be a person that can extend that kind of grace to others the same way that I'm, you know, I need to give that grace to myself. I love that. Danielle, you know, she's kind of a young mom. Younger than yeah. us, Steph. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, she's in her mid-20s, I believe. Yeah, and she's so wise. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, she totally is. I loved that conversation. And since then, I find myself thinking how, like, just asking myself how often I'm apologizing for a variety of things throughout each day. Yeah. 
yeah, we really don't need to say sorry so much, do we? No, I actually have one wonderful friend that anytime I say I'm sorry, she'll be like, stop, like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's only a good friend that can tell you that. But truthfully, think about how often you say I'm sorry and it actually warrants an apology. Right. Not very often. Not very often. I mean, certainly there are occasions that we have to apologize and humble ourselves in front of our kids and our friends and our spouse or whatever. But yeah, the countless times that we apologize for, to her point, what our kids look like, what our house looks like, what our car looks like. Oh my gosh, my car is like a train wreck. <laughs> started on the car, yeah. <laughs> I literally, I am pretty sure I have goldfish from 20 years ago, yeah. it feels I like. I have a friend who texted me, our kids go to the same school and are in the same class, and she texted me that one of our kids' teachers opened the door at the car drop-off line and saw the inside of her car. And she was oh, so terrified. No. <laughs> I was like, don't worry. I'm sure there are worse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, the car. Let's not even get started yeah. on apologizing for the car. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I mean, the message of that episode of giving grace, uh, not only to others, which I think is so much easier to do to give grace to others than to give grace to yourself was so good. Yes, it was. And, you know, for those of, uh, you who've been around since the beginning and have listened to that episode and remember Danielle, you might also remember she recorded that interview, uh, right? As she was struggling with secondary infertility. Yeah. And so she had a, a biological child and and could not get pregnant again and was in the process of adoption. Mm-hmm. And right around the time that that episode went live, she got her baby. Yes. Yes. Super quick turnaround. And uh, so that small little uh, girl is now a year old. She is like, when I say cute, that doesn't even start to describe her. She's She's, like cutie patootie. She's beyond cute. She's precious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So such a fun celebration to be able to celebrate uh, the launch of the podcast, but Way more importantly, be able to celebrate um, with her and her family. So yes. congratulations so to Danielle. We love Danielle. Awesome. Yay. All right. Well, our next clip is from one of my favorite episode titles, which was Work-Life Balance is a Joke. <laughs> because it really is. It is. In this episode, Steph chatted with Samantha Edis, a renowned work-life balance expert, speaker, and author of the book, The Pie Life, A Guilt-Free Recipe for Success and Satisfaction. And here's a clip. You know what? If I'm going to sign up for anything that has to do with my kids' classroom, it will be face-to-face interaction with them. Because it's as a so working smart. mom... That's the best strategy. I mean, I have to tell you, I I was um, the head of our benefit at school for a few years. And I was in these meetings every week for like four months of the year. We'd have a meeting every single week. And finally, I was like, the only time I'm interacting with my kids is when I'm doing an announcement in front of the school assembly twice a year. And when I mentioned to the kids that I think it's time for me to step down from the auction, they were like, no, we love watching you make announcements. And then I stayed in it an extra year just because of that. And I realized I made two announcements last year, like that were two (laughs) minutes each. Do they really need me to take on this burden just for the four minutes that they see their mom up there? Like, I'll find something else to make an announcement about. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I, 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 I quit this year. I said, okay, I've done it for long enough. And I have to tell you, I've never looked back and it freed up so much time. So sometimes like we take on these things and a lot of it, I think is out of guilt because as working parents, we're not around as much during the day. So we think, okay, I'll, I'll take on that activity that is at night or is in the early morning meeting. And then you realize it's not even helping your child. 
Right. Yeah. And uh, for what it's worth, for those of uh, those moms that are listening and you are able to sign up for all of those things that need to be done, I feel like bless you, like bless you. I love that because there are needs that our schools have that many moms can sign up for. But I, I just feel like as a well, working you know, mom, I, I'm like, I do think we all have different amounts of time available. So like, right. you just don't necessarily need the mom who like travels a lot like I do. And works right. a lot and has three children, maybe it's better for the mom that has one child and a more flexible schedule. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think they say that the busier you are, the more you take on. And I know in my case, I like to say yes to everything. And I'm still a believer in saying yes, but right. I think it's important to be strategic. It really is. Yes. So Michelle, I've got to tell you, I have told so many people about this like personal strategy of mine of <laughs> like brilliant, vol- so. of volunteering in the school and i feel like i need to shine the light on your volunteerism oh yes this year. please do please do and how what did i tell you countless times as soon as i found out that you did this why stop yes <laughs> tell everybody what you did I volunteered for traffic duty. <laughs> Bad idea. Stop. <laughs> Why? But I got a vest. I got to wear a vest and I got to like do hand movements and guide people. <laughs> okay. So, so here's the deal stuff. When I signed up for traffic duty, I thought I was signing up to open the doors in the morning to the cars and like say good morning to the kids. And it's, I'm an extrovert. That's fun for me. Yeah. I like seeing my, my kids' friends and their parents and waving them off in the morning and, that's fun for me. But apparently I, I didn't sign up for that part of the traffic. I signed up for like the directing of the cars in the middle of the road. So, and we, our school this year was in a new building and we doubled the size of our student body and families. So we had hundreds of people coming to school that didn't know where they were going or which direction to drive. And so there's a lot of confusion and anger, to be honest. <laughs> and a lot of that was directed at the people in the vests. <laughs> and icing on the cake, it was like 120 degrees. Yes, because <laughs> it was August in Arizona. Well, here's the deal. Moms, there are people that need to be doing traffic duty. Yes. And like, bless you all, those of you that sign up and do all of these needed things in the school communities. I love you. I love you forever. Uh, but I think especially as this episode uh, spoke to as a working mom, we have to be incredibly diligent and mindful and self-aware, I yeah. think, yes. to know, like, what do I have on my plate right now? And is this going to be value add truly to my life and our family's life? And I got to tell you, traffic duty, is I'm not quite sure. hard pass. You know, yeah. and you know what? That I think when I finally realized stuff that you were right is when I ended up in the nurse's office because it almost had a heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I'm not always right. But that one, the minute she told me, I was like, bad idea. Like, bad idea. Why is yeah. she doing this? Sorry. <laughs> she has like two careers. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. So anyway, I learned my lesson there. I mean, I you know, Samantha Edis is wise um, too, and in, in um, you know, interacting yeah. with your kids. Now I volunteer as in the for reading groups, so yes. I go in once a week for twenty minutes. That's what I do too, and I yeah. have one on one time with my daughter and yep. four of her friends. Yep. in kindergarten, and it's fantastic. And I yeah. high five them and, and mom with my day. It's much better. 
I will say that her kind of closing comment about us oftentimes volunteering for things out of guilt, um, especially as a working mom, is spot on. Yes, for sure. Because I know I, I mean, you and I both have flexible schedules, which is nice. Um, Right. We work from home and we can be a lot more present than a lot of moms that work outside the home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have that, but at the same time, I, I, and then I also feel like, well, because I have a flexible schedule, I should be more present at school, mm-hmm. but just cause I have a flexible schedule doesn't mean I have responsibilities. You know, I, I have things right. I need to be doing during the day. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a learning process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this time of year is a great time, uh, for reflection, especially yeah. starting a new year where, you really can evaluate like what are your current commitments and that's something I'm planning to do and being able to decide like what is a worthwhile commitment for me in this season um, given all of the other priorities and responsibilities I have. So uh, that episode was fantastic. If you have not listened to it and you are a working mom in any capacity, I would totally check it out. Yeah. And Samantha Edis, she spoke at our sister site conference last yep. year or earlier yeah. this year, actually. And, uh-huh. uh, and she's just, really she's a go-getter that one she's a little yeah. fireball and she um she really I mean some of the stuff that she told us like if you go on a, if you travel for work as a mom she recommends not doing facetime with your kids which at on the surface sounds like a horrible terrible, terrible. thing yeah but when you think about it and she has a really good argument for the fact that it's just not a good idea to disrupt the system and you know dad's got it down or your caregivers at home have got it down like let them just do their routine kids aren't really even going to notice that you're gone. And right. it's really more for you that you do the FaceTime. Right. And I, I've taken that to heart. That's, yeah. I think she's right on with that and a lot of other things. Yeah. I've, I've always done that, but that was a very, yeah, like a good consideration to ponder, I think for working, traveling moms, especially. Yes. So, uh, well, let's get to the next uh, clip uh, from the episode that I actually personally hear about the most, which is super fascinating to me, but the episode was about feeding picky eaters. Uh, My guest for that episode was author um, and picky eater expert, Dr. Katia Roel, and she joined me to discuss the topic that is super close to my heart. So let's get to the clip. They're going to love something for a while. My daughter, her second word was banana, was Nana, but then she didn't eat it for about a year. Hmm. Now, Key is you have to keep putting it in front of them. Um, And then suddenly she did eat it again. And so that's very typical too, where they'll drop foods that they used to like and they will refuse to eat them and toss them. Um, But they often will pick up different foods. So it's not that the list is getting smaller and smaller. It's that things are falling out of favor and other things are coming in um, with the caveat that those things are still being served. Another mistake I see parents make a lot, which is understandable is the kid stops eating banana for a week and they they sort of have this list in their heads and they go oh Susie doesn't like bananas anymore and then they never see them again mm-hmm. and so if we do that with a typical picky eater who's going to go through those phases and reject foods um, and just never serve them again because we think they don't like them that's a way that we can actually turn a picky eater a typical picky eater into a more extreme picky eater and that can happen too mm-hmm. so um, so that's kind of the, the way that we think of a typical picky eater is age appropriate, meltdown, foods come and go, eating from the different food groups. Now, an extreme picky eater, and you can tell me if from your experiences, if this rings true after we go through the list, 
extreme picky eaters tend to have struggled from earlier on. So they may have had a problem with breast or bottle feeding, or they may have had problems transitioning to table or solid foods. Um, they tend, uh, they might not even have mouthed things. So if you have a baby where you're like, I never had even baby proof, they didn't suck their thumb or pull things in to explore with their mouth. That's, some, that's a sign that maybe there's something going on in terms of the sensory or that they're, they're not exploring with their mouths in a typical way. Okay. So Steph, I know that this particular episode was really important to you because you have a picky eater. Um, I have an extreme picky eater. Yes. So, which I actually really found to be fascinating uh, in my conversation with her is defining what a typical picky eater is like versus an extreme picky eater. So, yes, I do have an extreme picky eater. So that must have been almost um, a like therapy. Yeah, yeah, a relief <laughs> for you because it, you know I know you've talked about the fact that you have a picky eater, but you don't just have a picky eater. You have a kid that's an extreme picky eater who only eats yeah. about five things. Uh, no, she eats a lot more than five things, but um, she currently doesn't eat, has never taken a bite of meat in her entire life, uh, has some sensory kind of issues, but it sounds like it's not um, like a sense, it's not a diagnosis sensory issue. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she's got a variety of things um, and is certainly walking, like as she gets older, walking a path that is tricky to navigate because, you know, kids as they, she's in third grade now. Um, and so she, there's a little bit of shame involved in that. Uh, and because kids don't have like the social graces, right. you know, they just say things like <laughs> you don't need anything. All you eat is this sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it's definitely a tricky parenting obstacle for us. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest because I have three girls uh, food um, and being conscientious about how we speak about food in our home is always top of mind yeah. uh, because I know so many girls and women that have food issues, yes. you know, and so I don't want to make it such a massive issue right now that it catapults her into having more issues as a grown woman. Yeah, that's a delicate balance. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, really, just for anybody that's like, tell me all your wisdom. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the topic especially was, um, I, I was like, I'm going to do this episode even if any no one <laughs> listens to it. <laughs> but like I said in the intro, like I have had so many people that have come to me and said that episode was my favorite. And I think because so many people have, I'd say classic, typical picky eaters. Uh, certainly some of us, like myself, have the extreme picky eater situation. Uh, but I feel like there, she had so many like practical tips. And like I've said multiple times, it was therapeutic in some ways to feel like, okay, I'm not doing this thing totally wrong. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And it's not you. It's not that you did something wrong in the order of things. Like, you know, you had an extreme picky eater from the womb. <laughs> right, and, right. And, this, yeah, and, and if you are dealing with a picky eater, extreme or basic picky eater, it's a great episode to go back and listen to. Even if you're a new mom and you have, um, you're maybe getting ready to transition to solid foods, she yeah. just gives great advice on what's okay and what to expect. And even in that clip, she talked about your kid's going to go through a phase where they like things that they don't like things. When mm -hmm. they decide they don't like it, you can't not ever give it to them again. You have to right. keep reintroducing it um, right. because they will probably like it again. Right, right. Yeah, I think that episode is a must listen to for so many moms. Uh, and for what it's worth, my second born, 
literally, I would be shocked if she does not become a chef later <laughs> in her life. She loves food so much. And so that's at least been like nice for me yes. <laughs> to have I like some grace in motherhood. You know, we need as much like grace as possible, but just knowing that like, okay, it wasn't something I did, you know? Right. And so this is just uh, her thing. Actually, my sister-in-law and I were just talking about how all kids have their thing, yep. you know, in quotes. Uh, and for my oldest, this is her thing. Yep. And it's going to be a struggle for her, you know, just as my second and my third and my family and friends' kids have their own things. Right. Uh, and so being gracious on yourself as well as in your kiddos as you navigate their thing uh, is really important. Yes. My kids each have their thing as well. Food is not an issue. Um, my daughter, as you know, like eats sauerkraut for breakfast. <laughs> she, <laughs> she loves, she's an adventurous eater. Yeah. Uh, she requests Brussels sprouts. It's People hate me because of it, but. It's, you know, it, but we, but she has her thing. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, everybody has their thing. And so the minute that we start looking at other people's kids and compare it to our kids thing um, and start to feel like discouraged or ashamed, uh, we always, you just have to step back and be like, okay, no, like everyone has their stuff that they're working through kids alike. And uh, so that episode I think is really good, especially for those that are struggling with picky eaters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's get on to the next uh, clip, Steph. Um, this yeah. one was kind of fun for me. It was before we were co-hosting. Yeah. And I was actually the interviewee along with my comedy partner, Leanne Deering. So if you don't know, my little side gig is comedy. I do parody sketches and live shows um, with my partner. And we were called Leanne and Michelle, real original. <laughs> and we joined Steph to discuss something that we are really experts at. And that's being a hot mess. The first kind of... I example that came to my mind is I admittedly, you know, work full time. I manage this business. And so I pretty much some things got to give, you know, like I just forget various things. Uh, and unfortunately, which I'm very ashamed to admit that this is what gives all the time for me is that I cannot remember anything pretty much when it comes to school responsibilities mm -hmm. for my children. Like mm -hmm. if it's sharing day, I, there is a very good chance I did not know about it. And my child is going to school with no sharing item. <laughs> like, I mean, literally, I just cannot keep on keep up with it. And so I pretty much am sending my children to hot mess school every day because they never but know Steph, what they're supposed to do. Think, you have to think about the gift contained in that. Like you're seeing that as a character flaw and it's not. Now your child gets to learn how to improvise. Ooh. What's in my backpack? What can I share about that is on my person? Think about that. <laughs> Think about how you're equipping her to roll with the punches. Yes, you are. That's true. And my, my children have also gone to school without sharing or without lunch occasionally. Without, uh, most of the time they wear their clothes. So that's good. But, um, but I have, I, I did remember in kindergarten one time I sent my son and it was stuffed animal day. And I forgot his, the stuffed animal, and he had to borrow one. They brought in extra for the poor children whose parents forgot. <laughs> that was my kid. I still feel guilty about it. <laughs> it was um, it was pajama day at Jack's preschool two years ago, and he Jack is a sensitive kid. Like he does not like to be left on the outskirts. He's very easily he just gets self aware very easily. Sure. And the teacher called me, and she goes, "Um, I don't want to cause any alarm, but today was pajama day, and Jack is the only one." 
who's not in his pajamas and just knowing his sweetheart and his personality, it might just be good if you ran a pair down here. <laughs> it just felt so terrible that this teacher was seeing him so perfectly and I had forgotten. Oh. It hurts. <laughs> but they survive and they're fine. They're fine. All right. Please tell us we're not the only hot mess moms out there. And December brings out the hot mess of everybody. Everything. There's so many things to juggle in the air and such a great chance we're going to drop something. Oh, yeah. And you know what gets dropped first, Steph? What? The elf. The elf. I don't do the elf. Oh, God bless you. We do the elf. And and this is our third year doing the elf. And this is the first year we have forgotten every night. <laughs> it's bad around here it's just bad that, that, to that point uh although we're not going to talk about it this episode if you haven't listened to our top five or type top tips on kind of navigating holiday stress uh one of the tips in that episode <laughs> which is the most recent tip uh our most recent episode is just to like minimize the traditions yeah you know? like yeah. if you got to get rid of the elf which i don't know how you graciously do that in a home and be like eh, we're not doing the elf this year i don't know yeah i mean my kids it's funny because when we forget to move it my kids come up with fantastic reasons why she didn't move <laughs> so they're like oh she uh she must really like that spot in the house because she could hear and see very well and i'm like that's exactly why she <laughs> you're fostering creativity exactly, exactly. I love it. oh my gosh well oh. uh, michelle i think you have a hot mess story to share yeah that we were just, is necessary yeah we were just talking i was as i was pulling clips for this episode i was like i don't think in that episode i shared my best hot mess story ever um which stuff i don't know if you remember this one but this is a good one so my son was in preschool. My daughter was like a year and a half old. Um, and we were at a play date at a park. And um, long story short, she kept pulling a bow out of her hair and dropping it on the ground. And I kept putting it back in her hair. She kept pulling it out. I finally just, it's a, one of those huge bows, you know, you'd put on your 18 month old daughter. <laughs> and I pulled it out of her hair and I stuck it in my mom bun just so I wouldn't forget it. Because I didn't care. I was with my friends, right? Yeah. A few minutes later, my phone rings and it's our home security system saying that there's been a trigger and our home, home security and, you know, should they call the police? And, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, no one's home and that's kind of scary. So I load up my daughter and we go home and we get there just as the police arrive. And my front door is wide open and no one's home. But my front door is just open. And so it's, there's definitely something awry, right? So Scottsdale police are there. There's two units and they are like, you know, did you leave the door open? Has anyone been here? I said, no. And I'm getting out of the car and I get my daughter out of the car and we're just kind of standing there talking to the police. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to go inside and sweep the house. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm watching the police go in my house, their guns drawn. They're like, Scottsdale police. <laughs> and then... <laughs> No, you can laugh. It, it's an okay ending. They're going in with the gun. It's just like one of those spy movies where they're like going around the corner and they look around the corner and they draw their gun and, you know, just like, just like that. Yeah. And so I'm holding my daughter. Like at this point, I'm thinking, why did I get her out of the car? Like that was not a smart idea, but I'm holding her and I, and I start to crouch down because my car will protect me from flying bullets. I don't know. <laughs> and as I'm crouching down, I see my reflection and I have a 
big toddler bow on top of my <laughs> head. And I've just been talking to the police. I'm like, that's awesome. So a few minutes goes by. They go through my entire house. They come out. They put their guns back in their holsters. They're like, well, no one's in your house, ma'am. But um, we, we did notice there seems to be a lot of piles of things around. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of piles of clothes. And is that normal? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that would be normal. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's, that's just my life. Thank you officer for your time and service. <laughs> and they were on their way. And I don't know why my front door was open, but I think the wind blew it open. I forgot to lock it, but this got stuff police has now pegged me as a hot mess mom. For sure. I'm sure they have, I'm sure they have a tag for everyone that they come in contact with <laughs> they hot mess mom yes. michelle, michelle Horton. Horton is at the top of that list <laughs> okay cow. i have a random quick hot mess moment that actually is a hot mess working mom moment oh, yes. um we recently brought on a number of new team members which is lovely and wonderful but i was the one tasked with their final interviews well my husband God bless him, had scheduled the furnace guy to come. And of course, they give you like a 10 to 2 window or something. And I was like, okay, like crossing all fingers and toes, surely he's going to be at the beginning of it, you know? (laughs) Um, And I kid you not, I start my interview in my office. Thankfully, I'm the one doing the interview. I'm not the interviewee. Right. Um, But I'm doing the interview. He comes to my front door and I'm like, I'm so sorry. My furnace fan is here. I need to go take this. So I got him all set up downstairs. And I was like, okay, it only took me like a couple minutes. And then he was like, you know, the only other thing I need to see is your um, thermostat. And I was like, and that is in my office. Oh, no. Where I'm doing my interview. (laughs) And so legitimately, he just kept coming in and out of my office. While I was doing this interview. Oh, bless, bless oh, the gal. So, okay, that so was so gracious. My question but, though, Steph, is were you wearing your interview mullet? Oh my gosh, I do my webinar mullet. Yeah. <laughs> I was not. No. Oh. I've I have i have tried to I've tried to put myself together as much as I can. But for those of you that do not know about my webinar mullet mullet, it's what you would expect. It's like a mullet, like business on top and party on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Which means sweatpants on the bottom and nice shirt on the top. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Michelle and I are both hot messes. So to those of you that are out there feeling like you're a hot mess, we applaud you. We applaud you. Join the club. It's fun. Solidarity. Yep. Yes. It is absolutely a club. Well, we have one more clip for you. And this was a kind of a hot topic, not controversial, but it did generate a lot of discussion. It was all about hobbies as moms and how we find time for hobbies. And if we can find time, what do we do? As as your friend, your longtime friend, I've noticed you love to entertain. And so that's kind of been a hobby of yours, but that's changed um, in recent years. And now gardening is a big hobby of yours. Yeah. Um, How did you figure out kind of what was going to be a good, a good place to invest that time that is so hard to set aside as a mom? Yeah, that is a great question because actually I was just on a walk with uh, my neighbor who is also a dear friend of mine. And both of us in full transparency were like, nah. Like we don't feel like for some, some reason, something feels off in both of our lives. You please tell me that I'm not the only person. We're not the only people that occasionally have those days that you're oh like, Oh my gosh, Meh. I have those um, days more often than I want to admit. 
Oh, totally. And so we were having this conversation about both of us feeling a little bit off or misstepped for some reason or another. And I asked her, I said, are you doing what energizes you? Like, are there things mixed into your day that truly bring you energy and joy? And I think that that is where hobbies fall in. Definitely. Truthfully, uh, one of my answer to her, because she asked me the same question um, in response is, you know, how are you doing at doing things that energize you? And truthfully, both of us came to realize that we were feeling depleted and eh about things because we weren't doing some things intentionally that energize us. And so to your point earlier, entertaining, I told her, I was like, gosh, I have not had people around our table much at all. And that is a total uh, joy suck for me mm-hmm. to not have people around our table. Uh, and so I have to intentionally plan that or else I'm going to go down a bad road. Yes. And gardening's the same thing. Like if I'm not getting my hands dirty and I'm not intentionally getting myself outside in the sun and um, just kind of, I don't know, yeah, getting my hands dirty, then I start to lose joy. And I have those kind of stinky days that I hate. Yes. And I, I agree with you. Entertaining is a hobby of mine as well. It's something that energizes me and that I love. But I noticed after I became a mom, it's my brain power and my energy was so depleted that entertaining became more of a chore and and something that, that drained me and did not energize me. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that pulling back a bit from it and doing it less often planning farther in advance, like you were just saying, putting it on your calendar and planning for it brings that joy back. You know, hobbies are meant to energize us, not deplete us. And it's so frustrating when you kind of hit that point where you're like, this isn't doing what it's supposed to do. I feel Mm -hmm. worse, not better. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta refocus and figure out how can I still get joy from this? Right. But not have it, you know, deplete. So that's good advice. Okay, so that episode was wonderful because while you did hear just a little bit of a clip of the episode about us talking about entertaining and gardening, we had tons of people uh, send in sound bites talking about their hobbies. So it's like such a huge collection of hobbies that mom have. Moms yeah. Have. Yeah. So if you if you listen to that clip and you're like, yeah, I do feel depleted, like I'm not doing something I love, but I don't know what I love anymore. <laughs> Right. It's good to go listen to that episode because we had all these moms contribute their hobbies. And so there's things like puzzles, photography, tennis. tennis. Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of different examples. It was great. Yeah, it was. It really was. So it's kind of fun to just um, go back and, and listen to that. And, you know, comedy was one for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then actually, Steph, since we did that, I found out Elizabeth, the uh, site owner in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yes. You know what her hobby is? No. Shark fishing. Shark fishing. Shark fishing. She said, I want that to be my hobby. Right. Since she moved to the coast, it's something she she catches and releases them. And she sent me a picture of her with a shark. I'm like, that is amazing. Get it, girl. Yeah, you get it, girl. Get it, Elizabeth. So I have a question for you, Michelle. Going into a new year, uh, do you have any plans to incorporate any new hobbies or more of current hobbies? Oh, you caught me on the spot. Um, I know I did. Well, you said comedy, um, but that's also become a career for you. Right. So I would like to try a new hobby, but I don't, I mean, this next year is going to be kind of busy. Yeah. So I don't, um, I don't know. My husband is turning, has a big birthday this year. Mm. And I, I've 
we're kind of deciding what we want to do as far as travel because travel is a, is a hobby of mine. We just don't yeah. get to do it that often. Right. Um, so I'm hoping we get to do a big trip this year. That would be kind of scratching that itch for me in that yeah. hobby. Um, yeah. But, you know, I should, I, I should like take a photography class or something because I do, I want to get back into that. How about you? You know, I, I dish out the question and then I can't I know. dish out a response. Huh. <laughs> I, didn't have I know how it feels. Um, I will say that uh, to the clips point, entertaining and gardening are always going to be kind of a very staple hobby of mine. Uh, I find so much joy in them. They energize me. And um, I, I know that's not the case for everybody. I think that's the thing about hobbies is that you've got to find something that really is going to add joy and energy to your life. And so, you know what? I actually just came up with one. <gasps> what? I need to read more fiction books. Oh, yeah. Like legit. Uh, that I, for, for whatever reason, I think because my career is so demanding and just raising a family is very demanding as well. Uh, if I, I found that in the seasons that I take time to read a fiction book in particular, um, it feels like it just is like, the weight of the world kind of falls off my shoulder. Oh, it's so for great. Shoulders it? for a bit. Okay. So, so I need to do that. So, okay. So friends, so send Steph your fiction book favorites. Steph, I have two, I've read two books recently that are fiction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to know if you read them. Yeah. Big Little Lies. No, but I watched the, um. Oh, well you shows. cheated. You cheated. So never mind. Sorry. The Nightingale. I have read that one. That one oh, is fantastic. So good. Yes. I love that. Well, I will say. I am going to a beach with my husband in you February. Are? You for, are? Yes. <gasps> for like six days. And Just I tell you what, you? we're going with some friends actually. Um, but no kids? But no kids. Oh. And usually on those kind of trips, I read a book a day. So. Oh, my goodness, girl. I'm going to get it. I am going to get it. And I'm going to get on that hobby train. But uh, truthfully, if you didn't listen to that episode, make sure to do so. I think it's a great time of year as we head into a new year to really take some time to self-analyze and, you know, decide, do I have a hobby? Am I like routinely doing that hobby uh, in a way that energizes me as a mom? And if you don't have a hobby, then we've got some good ideas. You know what? Shark I just fishing thought of is one. one of them. I just thought of one. <laughs> Actually, no, this is, I just thought of one. I, yeah. you know, you know me, Steph, a hobby of mine that used to be was like DIY home stuff. Yeah. And that, used to be a big deal in my life. And I kind Uh of stopped doing it after I became a mom because it's a lot of work. Yeah. But for Christmas this year, we are giving our kids, they don't know this, but they don't listen to this podcast. So it's okay. Yeah. um, New rooms. Ooh. We are completely overhauling both their bedrooms. And we're going to do that over the Christmas break. And that's going to be like that hobby for me is going to be really fun. Yes. I love that kind of stuff too. Like getting... For me, because so much of my job is on the computer uh, and on the phone, I feel like any hobby that gets me away from it is good in my book. Yes. Yes. That was so good. Uh, Well, those are awesome memories and great episodes. Thanks for taking the ride with us on Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood. Yes, we are so grateful to our listeners, and we have had a lot of fun this year, and we have so much more fun planned in 2019, but we also love your feedback. Yes. So if you have any suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear about, please let us know. Yes. And a great way to do that is on social media. You can find City Moms Block Network on Facebook or Instagram. 
And this is the last message before Christmas in the new year, which inevitably is such a great time for celebration, which is pretty much means that you need to add sprinkles. So just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit citymomsblognetwork.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.